0: Welcome to another episode of Finesse Media Podcast, Season 2, with your host, Ken Finesse Media and co-host treat a Millionaire. As the hosts gather their show notes and stage the studio for their next guest, sit back, sit back, sit back, Set up your, your volume, and get ready for something brand new. That's right. We're in the building.
1: Welcome to another episode of Finesse Media Podcast. I'm your host, Ken Finesse Media. I got my co host, Trees, a millionaire in the building. Trees, what's the deal? Welcome back. Another week.
2: What's up? What's up? What's up? You already know who it is. It's your girl, Trees, a millionaire.
1: Yeah. How y'all doing today? I hope they're doing good despite all things, and we continuing to uh, do what we do. Uh, and holding it down each and every week on Finesse Media, uh, bringing you to, bringing you people that's finessing the game. Uh, so that's what we do. If this is the first time for you. This is your first time at the rodeo. Welcome to the party. Uh, but Finesse Media Podcast Season 2 uh, we holding it down. So make sure you check us out on all of our social media platforms. Uh, that's going to be Facebook, uh, Finesse Media LLC. And then if you're checking us out on Instagram, that's at Finesse Media. Uh, TikTok, Finesse Media, and then Twitter, Uh, at underscore finesse media hit us up and uh, we'll love to hear from you let us know how we are doing also each and every week on finesse media podcast we talk about hbcus Uh, myself and co-host trisha millionaire uh, we're alumni of hbcus so not only that we just know the importance of an hbcu so we spotlight hbcus each and every week so we'll be doing that later in the episode and uh, if you want your hbcu to be spotlighted Hit us up, finessemediapodcast at gmail.com. dot uh, Let us know the HBBCU that you want us to spotlight, and then also uh, if you want to come on to talk to talk about your experience at that university, uh, do that. So that's what we're doing. That's how we roll out the show. Um, but we always jump into how things going on each other's end. Uh, what's up, this guy uh, in the studio? Again, uh, we remote because the quarantine, but definitely we always and you uh, know I respect the various, but we got the dog in the building. Um, trees, how old, many uh, months? I know that's not Hercules. No,
2: this is Chanel. She's like uh seven years old, seven or eight I think now.
0: Yeah.
2: She uh she don't you know, she's not the one that be barking and making all the noise. See what's crazy is all the times that we've been recording and you hear the dog barking, it's always Hercules. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you've never you've <laughs> never heard her. Get going. If she gets mm-hmm. going, I'm gonna have to mute the w- mic and wait about a minute or two, 'cause she she gonna be real loud.
1: No, let her let her voice be heard.
2: Yeah, yeah. Let
1: her voice be heard. but I get she it. She came
2: though. over today. She usually don't bother me. She just came over today and like tapped me, like, hey, hey, pet my head real quick.
1: Chanel. Then she done
2: went. She went on back to do her thing. She done went and laid down.
1: Mm-hmm. She really mm-hmm. don't so, too
2: much bother.
1: For people that can't see us and they listen what kind of dog is Chanel? Uh, so
2: she's a, a pit bull she's a brindle and white pit bull so she has the brindle spots Um, so she has like what do you call it like the raccoon eyes so she has the white going down the middle of her head and on her eyes she has two big brindle spots then uh, she's white everywhere on her body and then on her side she has two big brindle spots like on her rib cage and on her butt and her all her undercarriage is white She's real pretty
1: (laughs) Real pretty She she a beauty She a a definitely uh, beauty
2: In this man
1: But what's been going on How you been Uh, It's been a couple days Since we chatted
2: Oh man It's been slow motion Same old same old I've been uh Doing a little traveling You know From the couch (laughs) To Shea bedroom L
1: (laughs) Ain't it crazy and it crazy yeah,
2: trying to quarantine myself from the refrigerator
1: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> that's about it
1: and that's it I, I went to the store earlier today uh to Kroger. And it's like people they you know they're present they're at the grocery store but it's a weird thing like nobody's talking um i don't uh-uh. even think they said like we need a, a price check and this motherfucker like i don't even think they was allowed to even talk on the mics over the head it was crazy like everybody from the stalkers get your shit and go from the customers just it yeah it's like get your shit yeah. get up out of here check uh, yeah. self-checkout is busier than ever before but it was a weird weird uh experience just being outside so a moment ago I'm i like,
2: wonder Man. how the people are doing that are super social and you know are <laughs> stuck inside you know i was told to help with uh depression and not just being down on yourself to get up and actually shower, brush your teeth, and get dressed like you were going somewhere, even mm-hmm. though you're not. And it should, uh, it should kind of help you out, help your vibes or whatever.
0: Because
3: mm-hmm. I know, it to does.
2: some people, it's it's miserable being stuck in that house, not being able to go nowhere.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sort of like a sort uh an extrovert, but I categorize myself, I guess, an introvert extrovert. Uh.
2: Definitely. Me, too. Me, too. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. I want you to. So this is my problem. So I'm going to get offended if you don't invite me to the party. Right. Mm -hmm. If you have an event or you have a party, I'm going to be offended if I don't get an invite to it. But I'm not going to (laughs) go. It's stupid. You just want that invite.
1: I just want the invite.
2: invite. I want because I might go, but usually I won't Depending. But I just told everybody the other day, I'm pulling up to all hood events with my bougie friends once this is over. Mm-hmm. I don't Monthly. care if I call one of my homegirls. She's like, yeah, I'm at a dice game. All right, I'm going to pull up to the <laughs> dice game
1: today. <laughs> I'm everywhere. <laughs> I'm everywhere. Yeah, you're everywhere. As soon as this
2: shit is listed, I got to get out. <laughs> mm-hmm. I got to get out. I got to get out.
1: Everybody making those posts about what they're doing and stuff like that when they get out. Uh, and, Eating you know, all food. Getting that invitation uh to places, but uh make sure you get have your place in uh, your face in the place it's coming up. we're talking about it each and every episode august twenty second um finesse media season two rap party um, going down in Dallas, Texas so make sure your invite uh gets to you and uh if you are uh planning to come, make sure you're ready to uh, network and have some fun and uh do it uh certainly brand new we'll be uh doing the podcast live uh Therese, And uh, we'll have so much, myself and Trees, and we'll have a special guest as well. So it's going down August 22nd in Dallas, Texas. Uh, That's what we're going to be doing, finessing that room uh, with movers and shakers. Again, if you just tuned into this episode, you may want to check back on your Spotify, your iHeart, wherever you're listening to us at right now, Google Play, uh, wherever. Just go back and listen, um, because each and every person that we had on this episode uh, or on this season has been finessing the game. So they have been invited. They will be in attendance. So... Just saying. You don't want to miss this event. But I'll tell you, man, you don't want to miss and uh, want to stay back and uh, check out our next episode um, we got coming up. The next episode is going to be really big. I can't wait for y'all to click on the next episode when you hear it. But also, like I said before, each and every week on Finesse Media, uh, we talk about HBCUs. And HBCUs are important to us. And so if you want your HBCU to be spotlighted, uh, hit us up, Finesse Media Podcast. At gmail.com We'll love to talk about your HBCU And we're going to get into the HBCU of the week And uh, we'll be back uh, with that And then coming up We got a really great guest that's the finesse in the game uh, And we'll be talking with her real soon uh, A lover of music Can't wait to speak with her I got noticed that she's in the building already So I can't wait to uh, bring her on And uh, we're going to bring her on in a second But HBCU uh, of the week Right now Here we go
0: universities, commonly called HBCUs, are defined by the Higher Education Act of 1965 as any historically black college or university that was established prior to 1964 whose principle was and is the education of black Americans and that is accredited by a nationally recognized accrediting agency or association determined by the Secretary of Education. It's now time for the Finesse Media Podcast, HBCU of the Week.
2: All right, all right, all right. Our HBCU of the Week is Edward Waters College. Edward Waters College is a private college in Jacksonville, Florida. It was founded in 1866 by members of the African Methodist Episcopal Church as a school to educate freedmen and their children. It was the first independent institution of higher education and the first historically black college in the state of Florida. It continues to be affiliated with the AME Church and is a member of the Independent Colleges and Universities of Florida. The first African-American Methodist Episcopal pastor in the state, William G. Stewart, originally named the college as Brown Theological Institute. The AME Church was the first independent black denomination in the United States and was founded in 1816 in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. After the Civil War, it sent numerous missionaries to the South to plant AME churches. Charles H. Pierce was also involved in establishing an educational institution for the AME Church in Jacksonville. Struggling with some financial difficulties, the school closed for much of 1870. It reopened in 1883 as East Florida Conference High School, then changed to East Florida Scientific and Divinity High School. Over the next 10 years, the curriculum was expanded. In 1892, the school was renamed for Edward Waters, the third bishop of the AME Church. A drawing of, uh, of 1893 shows the college president at the time was John R. Scott, Sr., first pastor of the St. Paul African Methodist Episcopal Church of Jacksonville and a member of the Florida Legislature. The original Edward Waters College campus was destroyed by a great fire in 1901. By 1904, the college obtained new land and work was started on the new facility. Edward Waters was accredited as a junior college in 1955 under President William B. Stewart, and five years later, had a restored four-year curriculum. Beginning in 1979, the school was accredited as a four-year institution by the Commission on Colleges of the Southern Association of Colleges and Schools, and started awarding bachelor's degrees. Ladies and gentlemen, our HBCU of the Week, Edwards Waters College.
1: Edward Waters College, thank you for being our HBCU of the Week. Thank you, Trees. And each and every every week, as mentioned, we talk about HBCUs, so it's always important. HBCUs are important to us. Myself and co-hosts are alumni of the University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff, um, proud alumni, and uh, an HBCU uh, definitely founded in 1972 UAPB. And uh, as mentioned already uh, before, we got a finessa that's been uh, Finesse in the game. I don't know for how long. So I really want for her to tell us and also to tell our listeners on this episode. But um, really, let's bring it up and then, Trees. Let's welcome our Finesse of the Finesse Media Podcast. Y'all make some noise from um, all things music. I want to talk to her about Delta Sigma Theta. I want to know what she's doing and uh, when she did that. Make some noise for Ari O'Neill during the podcast up uh,
3: What's
1: up? What's up, What's up?
3: What's up, what's up? Normal. Great to be a part of this podcast. I was really excited to um get the message from you guys. I'm really excited for today.
1: Yep. Yeah, and thank you for accepting. Um and I, and I'll just tell you say real brief uh how I I discovered you. Uh my partner who if you heard um me mention Uh, went to the same university uh, that myself and my co-host Teresa Millionaire uh, attended which is the University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff but Chris Johnson shout out to Chris Johnson he's a finesse a friend to the show Um, and he plays trumpet oh not trumpet but trombone Uh, I think with you uh, doing the On the Run tour which we'll talk about Mm -hmm. and how you know that experience was for you later in you know this episode yeah but he is how I found out about you. I think he tagged you in the post. And I'm like, okay, we are musicians as well. So we can certainly talk, you know, cliff notes and, and, and all things like that about the music. Myself, uh, I play saxophone in the band. And uh, Trees, my co-host, played trumpet. So we are lovers of hey. music so to have you on you know uh o'neal is uh, ari is, is certainly good and we want to talk about the music and how you got started playing the electric guitar because that's what i saw you playing i'm like yo she bad as fuck i gotta figure out
3: you know what she <laughs> been
1: doing you know and bring her on this platform and let her talk about it so i'll back away and just let me know let our listeners know who is ari O'Neill? when did she get started when did the when did the love for music start girl
3: Oh, well, the love for music has always been uh, a part of, you know, my life. I come from a very musical family. And my mom is a dancer. My father, he's from the Virgin Islands, but he used to be in a reggae band when he was younger. But uh, we really grew up with my grandparents. I have eight siblings, so between my parents and my grandparents raising us, there's always music in the house. My grandmother's a classically trained pianist, and my grandfather just loved to dance. So with all kinds of music in the house, but um, I remember riding in the car one day. It was a lot going on in our lives at the time, and we heard the song called Take Up the Pieces on the radio when I was in the car with my mom, and the rhythm guitar really stuck out to me. So from there, I asked to start lessons. Originally, I, was, I wanted to play cello because my grandmother loved classical music, and I loved the way it sounded, but they didn't have that where I went. So I picked up the guitar. My older sister was already playing, but she quit. After two weeks. Mm -hmm. So then um, I just picked it up and I would practice four, five, six hours a day. And I was like 10, but I loved it so much. I started on acoustics and then I went on to electric. Then for a while, I uh, just trained myself, got into the Levine School of Music uh, in their jazz program, did a Juilliard jazz camp when I was 16. and then from there, I stayed with Levine, but most of my training came from the club. Um, my guitar teachers have mostly been bass players, and uh, one of the, well, my main teacher, Walter Cosby, he used to play at this restaurant, and he would let me go in there when I was like 14, but it was more of like an adult kind of scene. <laughs> so from there, I just kept sneaking okay. in and playing, and that's how it's been. That and and, how, old and yeah. how old were you?
1: How old were you, you I- know? When I first started playing in the club, I was fourteen. Okay, and you grew up where? Yeah. Where did you grow up? Uh, uh, I'm from
3: the DMV, born and raised. Okay,
1: all right. Yeah. We got a lot of Baltimore um, people coming from that area on this podcast. Actually, uh, we we just shouted out uh, one of the, uh, Vanessa uh, from Baltimore, um, and so that is that is amazing. And so your love for music has started as very early with the influence of people in your house and in your household and so we see that you work with so many different people um uh, beyonce jay-z alicia keys fantasia uh lizzo which is another crazy video that i saw that went viral uh lizzo in the water singing but i was more captured by the 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 you know instrument in the back and you doing your thing there how did all this happen and how did you kind of get your foot started with working with a lot of these different you know artists
2: well,
3: I mean, it started back home Like, I did a lot of smaller gigs And with the bands that I was in You know, a lot of these artists would come to, to D.C. and they needed a band So they wouldn't come with their band So they needed someone there So they would call, like, a lot of the bands I was in Like, I remember I was playing for um, I played for Kiki Wyatt for this one show Um, who else? They needed a female guitarist When Designer first came out, so I played for Designer So it was a oh, It was a nice. lot of stuff that I did back home Um, but The way I started getting the, well, not bigger gigs, but more the mainstream gigs is uh, Instagram. I was posting videos and stuff, and Mm. Beyonce's music director saw my video of me playing in the club uh, on Instagram. So he uh, contacted me, asked me if I could fly out to do uh, some stuff. I didn't know who it was for. He just asked me if I could fly out and do it. I said, yeah, and that's how I got to do Coachella. And from there, everything else kind of like came
2: Wow, that's just like divine alignment. Like, okay, I've just been promoting myself, posting myself on Instagram, mm-hmm. and then I get a call like, "Hey, can you be here?" Yeah, I'm just, I'm going. I'm trying to get my music out there, get my talent out there, and boom, you doing Coachella. That's that's huge. That's huge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's
3: a huge blessing. You know, when you post stuff on uh, social media, you hope that that happens, but for it to actually happen was like, wow, this this actually works. Right.
2: right now let's talk about your guitars your electric guitar um so are you playing the bass as well
3: i'm i don't get called for bass gigs but i'm learning so i can play kind of but i never actually got called for a gig but because of this uh, whole Corona thing, I guess I got a little bit more time to practice, get my skills up so I can get a bass gig, huh?
2: <laughs> <laughs> and what type, if you were going to get a bass gig, what type of bass are you playing? A five, a four, or a six string?
3: Four. I, four,
2: I, ooh. I mean,
3: yeah. Like Victor Wooten. Five, yeah, yeah, I love Victor Wooten. He's so a four.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's cla- he's classic. I happen to see him. I was flying through the airport uh, in New York, and he was mm-hmm. headed out to a gig, and I ended up seeing him playing at some huge gig he had. But I was going through security, and uh, we were right by each other. And I, I'm like, damn, I think that's Victor Wooten. I'm like, no, nah, that couldn't be him. But he, I mean, he's undeniable. And I looked, I said, "You're Victor Wooten?" He said, "Yeah." I said, "Man, I love you. I love you. Yeah, he, he's, he's phenomenal." I love yeah. yeah, and on a four string, too. That's crazy. Oh, so, yeah. Your electric guitar, tell us about it. Like, you have to give us the, the details. Do you have some modifications on it? You know, what brand are you playing? Like, you got a dish. You got to give it to us.
3: Well, I used to play PRS, that's what I started with. But, um,. I kind of changed from that because I was trying to get a sponsorship with PRS and they were kind of giving me the runaround. So I was like, well, I don't want to play guitar Mm. for some people who, you know, they're not really trying to help me out. And then they just, you know, that was a girl. So they, you know, tried different things. I was like, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, Right. I don't
2: have time for the play play.
3: Yeah. No, not at all. So I started using fenders, and I like the way they feel. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
3: I like uh, maple neck. It's easier to use, uh, and it's it's softer on my hands because my hands are really small. And then when I got Coachella, my guitar tech, shout out Sean, he's from Baltimore. Um, he ended up contacting uh, Fender, and I got a sponsorship with them. So Ooh. I went from having one Fender to so now I have, I think, 11 of them, what? and all of them are different. Yeah, it's very different. Everything that favorite? I've gone on since then. Well, I think my favorite right now is the Ultra Strat. That's their new series that they just put uh-huh. out. Um, yeah. the pickups sound they're noiseless, they sound amazing. Maple Neck, of course. Um, <laughs> and they modify the neck so that as you get higher on it, it's smaller so it's easier for you to solo. But they always give okay. me custom stuff, give me things to try out, so it's great.
2: And I know that's a huge one point that you said is you have small hands and I have incredibly small hands. So I know (laughs) having the modifications Mm -hmm. I do, like my hands are freakishly small. So I I learned one thing like back. I was a music major in uh, college, but when I had to learn that piano, Lord have mercy, doing some of those chord progressions and having itty bitty hands, it felt like you were literally doing yoga with your hands to try to get all those keys (laughs) so uh uh-huh you know somebody with small hands you know what I'm saying so the fact that that you know you said you're um they modified it for you so when you're going higher up it's easier I know that's major without you having to stretch because being a guitar player you're hitting chords just like a piano player would you know Mm -hmm. a lot of times um yeah I was telling somebody a lot of times back when I was um in college and high school, when we used to gig and stuff, when I was trying to do the music thing, um, a lot of times if you didn't have a piano player, you just would get a really good guitar player. Because a guitar yeah. player, you know, plays the same keys. So that's pretty cool, same chords. Now, tell me, when you're on the road, what do you do to take care of your guitar? Are you carrying it with you? Do you have someone that's carrying it for you? Like if you have the hop flights, you taking it through, security are you checking it are you taking it aboard the plane like what you doing
3: so most of the time what'll happen is i'll take one guitar with me um usually i don't have to take any practice hints or anything i'll just tell fender where i'm going and say hey i'm doing this kind of gig do you have a guitar uh for me that i can use so they'll say yeah and then i get to pick out the one that i want and they'll send it to a rehearsal for me Oh, the
2: part that I have with What? It, I'll wait wait. It. Yeah. You can't slide past that. Re- repeat that for the listeners. <laughs> you always, trying to right. shit. always You can't come on the show and drop something big like that and try to slide through it real quick. So you said you uh, <laughs> do what now? So if I have a
3: gig that I want or that I need a guitar for, I'll take one with me so I can practice it in my room. But I'll call Fender and say, hey, I'm doing this gig um i need a guitar so they'll let me pick out the one that i want and then they'll just send it to the rehearsal spot so it's there when
2: i get there oh my she's
1: so god she's, prince. she's so bossy
2: she's a female prince what no let like me okay say that. uh fender um i got coachella i need about three <laughs> guitars because i want to switch i need right. some it's that have good. the quiet pickups uh yeah and I, I I have my practice one and then she shows up they already got them sitting on the holders and the stands set up polished and ready crazy mm-hmm. you know
3: what crazy. let me just say that with Fender and I know I probably I'm glad that it worked out the way that it did because if I would have gotten a PRS sponsorship I'm I know that I wouldn't have gotten this treatment but at Fender is really like a family And then the Mm -hmm. representatives that I I have Have always been black The first one was a black guy And he ended up moving on to I think Amazon But my rep now Her name is Moya She's also black And they make it a point to make sure That the people of color Who are sponsored by Fender They get their shine They get treated just as well as anyone else And if we ever need anything They really do have our backs The whole crew the people who are actually down there making the guitars. Everyone's sending it out. Everyone is like a huge family and they've taken really, really good care of me.
2: So I love Fender.
1: That's what's up.
2: Ah, shout out to Fender. And that's a major, a major thing because a lot of times with sponsorships, they do show a difference in the clients. You know, a lot of times if you're a certain race, you'll get more preferable treatment than our black, you know, counterparts. So that's a good thing that they're making sure that you get just as good treatment as someone else so major shout out to Fender now so far in your career as being a guitarist tell me what has been one of your biggest like the biggest highlights of your career so far what were those wow uh, moments start with your very first like the very first one
3: the very first one was the on the run tour So, you know, we had already been gone from home. That whole, between Coachella and tour, I was pretty much gone for a little over a year. Um, But it wasn't until the tour when I was on stage, because I've always been a huge Beyonce fan since I was a kid. Actually, it's crazy because there was a summer camp that I was teaching before I got uh, the gig. It was that summer, and I would make the kids get me stuff, and pamper me and call me Beyonce as a
1: <laughs> Wait, and so that's did crazy. Beyonce,
2: or did you have them call you Queen B? I
3: have them call me Beyonce, and in my phone, my name isn't Ari; it's Beyonce. Oh, <laughs> and wow. that was Talk before speaking, I got the gig.
1: There you go. But that's speaking things into existence and purpose, and and, manif- and manifest, manifest shit, uh, manifesting, you know, what you want. Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's, that's that should be huge. I was going to ask, where were you when you got the call uh, that you were going to be performing, you know, at Coachella?
3: Um, I was home and actually, no, I was in New York. I was in an a agency band. So mm-hmm. we were doing a wedding and I got a message and I get messages and stuff on Instagram all the time, but you never know if it's real or just somebody trying to take you out or, you know, somebody trying to give you the runaround. So I see this message from her music director, Asking if I had time to uh, call him because he had he had tried to reach me actually back in uh, I think September for rehearsal because I think that's when it started. But I don't really check my messages on Facebook or Instagram or I used to not. But after he reached me on Instagram, I said, "Oh crap, my computer <laughs> actually it. caught it."
2: So <laughs> I called him. I was
3: like, "Man, I'm not gonna get too hired. So then he called and he asked me, you know, if I could record a video of me playing. Uh, for this artist, uh, he didn't say who it was. But I knew who he was because he was actually on making the band when Diddy was making the actual like band with the musicians. I remember mm. him playing drums, Derek Dixie, and uh, he asked me if I could play um, a, a song, send him a video, and um, send it to him so he could see if he can use me for this gig. Didn't say who it was, but I knew, you know, it's Parkwood, so it could be. So Chloe be and Halle, could you you know Andy what's ready. going on. It wasn't until he said, can you play Resentment, that I knew. So I recorded the video that Friday. No, it was Sunday, sent it to him. And on my birthday, December 11th, that's when I got the call that they needed me to fly out at 6 o'clock in the morning to go to L.A. for rehearsal.
2: Ooh, major moves. And then, what better birthday gift than that? Right? Oh, yeah. Uh (laughs) Most definitely. Like, that's the ultimate. Like, what's the best thing you got on your birthday? Shit, a call from Beyonce and a ticket to fly to go practice with her.
3: <laughs> yeah. Like, it's no top yeah. than that. <laughs> yeah. Now, that was definitely great.
2: Definitely dope. Definitely. Now, tell me, what new musical skills have you learned in the past, like, six months? Like, when you sit down on your guitar, because as a musician, I know you're practicing and you're always learning new techniques, learning new skills, maybe new chord progressions. Um, What new skills have you learned in the last six months, and what are you shedding on every time you sit down to try to perfect it or learn it?
3: Well, I haven't learned it yet, but I'm lear- currently working on um, soloing over passing chords. So uh, typically what I'll do... Like in a normal situation As I was trying to hear something And when it comes to passing chords I may stay um, On like the the Minor for the six But I want to do something a little bit different Make it a little more colorful So now I'm working on um, The scales for different passing chords So I can incorporate that Into my soloing and making it A little bit more colorful And also um, different chord substitutions You know if you just throw it in there I mean playing you know different chords throughout the song, If you just keep it straight that's fine But I don't want to be able to throw something in there Every once in a while so people can be like Damn okay mm-hmm.
2: shot. Different chord
3: substitutions." <laughs> <course.
2: laughs> <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> Absolutely Yeah but so that's it okay. so far
3: And I'm still trying to you know get my Bass saying together
2: Yes definitely I'm looking forward to seeing some videos On that fourth string of you I got you. <laughs> look, look. Can <laughs> I put in some requests? What you
3: want?
2: Any, <laughs> any, 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 old school James Brown.
1: Ooh, on that J-B. Oh, J B. J B. Just, J-B. just,
2: just throw it in there because you gotta thump that thing. Yeah, yeah. Any old school James Brown. You pick, pick your choice. Pick your choice. Okay. Some, some funky. And tag us <laughs> in that I just wrote joint. that down.
3: I'm gonna tag, tag on it. Yeah. Tag, tag us in me it. In it. Tag
1: me it. I got you. I got you. <laughs> and Ari, so we can't, we, can't, we can't let you go and let's past the episode. And we mentioned at the top of all the things that you're doing with music. But member of Delta Sigma Theta, where did you uh, attend college?
3: I went to the University of Maryland. And okay. I crossed spring 16.
1: Okay. Okay. That's dope. And what was your major at the, the university?
3: Well, I changed around a lot. But I finished with a theater major. Yeah
1: what's up. No, we all know how that path starts as, as mentioned, myself oh, and co host yeah. we done that undergrad shit. So you go in and oh if, yeah. that whole I mean, we could talk about the college experience itself. But as we all sit here, I'm a member of Phi Beta Sigma. Uh, my co-host hey. is a member of Sigma Gamma Rho. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we define yeah, yeah, yeah. so nine in this thing. <laughs> okay, what's
2: up, fam? What's up, what's up family? What's up?
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, so I, uh, yeah.
1: Spring 2016 on the campus of University of Maryland. How was that experience, uh, being a Delta on that campus? How many people, uh, you know, were initiated?
3: So it was 25 of us. Sweet. And, um, <laughs> you know, it, it was also my last semester. So I was more focused on, you know, I, I was homeschooled. So I didn't really know about that life. But my mom is actually a Zeta. So I've always been interested right. in it. Yeah, I've always been interested in it. Um, but, you know, I just never thought it was the right time because while I was in school, I was also working. Um, I was doing gigs, um, you know, taking care of, you know, what I had to do. So I didn't think that, you know, I'll ever have that kind of, you know, time. But you make time for things that you really, really want to make time for, things that are important. When the opportunity came around, I did it. So that. Semester was whew, a lot else also considering that it was my last semester there mm-hmm. but once we crossed the last two weeks boy let me tell you that it was it was such a great feeling because mm-hmm. it was a mixture of okay I'm about to graduate I finally finished what I started mm-hmm. also I just got offline you know how that is after, mm-hmm. the, However much time, you finally get to sleep, you get to eat regular again, <laughs> right. you get to go to a party, uh-huh. you know, you get to hang out be all regular over. again. And then, you know, it was spring, so neo-summer is about to come up, and I have my own apartment, I have my own car. Like, that was the best semester slash summer ever. I'll never forget it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's what Plus, I was Plus having
3: all my sisters with me, like, it was
1: I love them so much. Yeah, it, it's a wonderful thing. Uh, we, we when we have Greeks on, I'm, I'm gonna keep fluffing your wings over there, or uh, asking you questions about Delta real quick. But being a Delta, we always ask again when people come on, they're a member of, of you know the Divine Now. What made you choose Delta? What makes uh, Delta stand out to you? I know you mentioned your moms and Zeta, so growing up around a lot of blue and white. What attracted you to, to Delta, and what, you know, do you love most about your organization?
3: Well, a lot of the women in my family are Deltas. Um, and then also, you know, there's an AKA, and then my mom is a delta, So, you know, I'm I i I'm very knowledgeable about the importance of sisterhood. Um, but what stood out to me was that the Deltas are our campus, because you know it changes it varies from every campus that you go to that's why you can't Mm -hmm. say you can't say, oh well Delta to this or AKA to this or they they're this or that, they're different at every campus, I chose Delta because the women there exemplified just excellence they were always throwing different events about the betterment of the black community it was something about their demeanor, very professional, very, like, driven. All the deltas, are our profiles were always involved with something, getting an award for something. You know, grades were impeccable. It just seemed like they just walked in excellence, and that's what I wanted to be a part of. And they were just always together. And I have three sisters, but um, nobody except for my younger sister You know, really went to college, or they they were kind of like all over the place, kind of with their lives. You know, some people it takes a little bit longer for them to get, which is cool. But Mm -hmm. I was just always wonder what would it be like to have, you know, a sister that, you know, found education and you know the betterment of themselves as important as I do, and to be surrounded by women like that at my campus every day. I was like, yeah, I need to be a part of that.
1: Mm hmm no that's dope that's dope thanks for sharing thanks for sharing uh i always want to hear you know about you know the experience the stories you know that we we know but again for our listeners they never heard of delta sigma thing, they probably never heard of five beta sigma so when there's a chance to have a go a guest uh to kind of turn the mirror around and have our listeners to hear the impact that the sisterhood and the brotherhood brings uh and you know on the road i saw some photos and you know with we got other soul roars on the underrun tour so it's like the soul yeah. and the friends everywhere <laughs> finessing the game doing it right next with you yeah. you know right next to you yes yes hmm. yeah
3: but, yeah it was a blessing
2: absolutely so tell me one of your favorite moments when you were on the road tour what's one of your favorite moments you had on that tour cause that tour was super long so did you man, do both was were you on both did, um yeah good question yeah so oh.
3: I was I was a part of the European leg and the um, American leg of OTR2. So I didn't do the first one. I did the second one.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, well, um, the second my- one was better, and I'm not even just saying. It, I think the, the second <laughs> one was way better. Um, shout out to some folks that's on there. A Need for Steve, you know, from Chicago. Uh, yeah. Folks out there doing a thing that was on that tour. So, yeah, back into the question.
3: What yeah, my favorite moment was, um, I think it was when I was actually on stage doing the solo for I Care, and you know, she's been, mm. she's very hands-on, always in rehearsal, you know, and I I have rehearsed it with her before, but it wasn't <clears throat> until I got on stage with her, and I looked, we looked each other
1: mm.
3: in each other's eyes, like, wow, it was one show, one night in particular I mean, every night it felt so right. That was my favorite part of the show. But to look her in the eyes and think, wow, like, I used to work out to her music. I remember buying the Destiny's uh, Child sneeze when I was a kid. Ladies, leave your man at home, you know, going to cool. the club at 10. Yes, yes. Because the club is full of
2: ballers. Yes, yes. What?
3: And they're talking full
2: You hear me? <laughs>
3: But to look her in our eyes and be like, wow, like, I'm actually on stage with her right now. And then to get off stage and um, one of the stage managers came up to me and said, hey, you know, Michelle Obama is in the audience. We were in Paris. She's in the audience with her daughters and they want to see you after the show.
0: Dope. I was like, wait, wait
3: what? Bro, I actually not <laughs> right. see them after because I think they, they had won the Maybe it wasn't Paris. I think was, somebody won the World Cup, and that's where we were. So the streets were crazy. Yeah, I think it was like but Paris. That's where D.C. it was because the
1: women's won the Cup. The women's won that Cup, I think, what you're talking about, maybe. Yeah,
3: Yeah. so the streets mm-hmm. were Soccer. crazy, mm-hmm. so we couldn't meet them. But I got mm-hmm. to D.C., you know, my hometown, and I finally got to meet Michelle and Barack Obama, and it was crazy. Because um she mentioned yeah uh we were supposed to see you in Paris but you know we couldn't do that because of blah 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 and I am sitting there like what, what?
1: like you <laughs> like you wanted that. to see me yeah, right
3: yeah you sure? <laughs>
1: a star
3: but um yeah though, that was definitely amazing
2: that you know, is that's... dope that's super dope like so the Michelle the and Brock y'all want to see me. And yeah. then the fact that they were just like, "Hey, we was reaching out trying to see you, but couldn't couldn't get to you at that time. But hey, we getting to you now.
1: That's super dope. Super yeah, dope. Wild. That's super amazing. And so ahead, what reach. do you
2: have? Oh, okay. So what do you have going on right now? Like, who are you playing with now? Are you getting ready to go on any tours? Are you? Do you have a residency somewhere? Like, tell us what you're doing right now.
3: Man, I was. Booked for the rest of the year doing stuff. Not too much that I could talk about, but you know, because of this virus, it all went right. down. Um, but hopefully, when everything gets back, you know, things will be get back to normal. But it was a lot of amazing, like Houston rodeo. We were supposed to do that with Lizzie, Lizzo, but literally the day before we were supposed to do the show, they canceled, it and I had to fly home. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, oh, wow. yeah, there was, there's a lot of stuff that's lined up for this year. Hopefully, uh, once this virus passes and, you know, we're done with quarantine, I can get back to what I was doing. But right now, I'm just sitting in my room doing my own thing.
2: Nothing wrong with that. I know one thing could possibly be from when you're touring and touring and touring, you know, you're practicing what you're touring, your music for that. So sometimes you don't have a lot of time to Kind of shed on the stuff you want to shed on, so it could be a blessing because it's allowing you to have some practice time to yourself, to perfect some mm. things and start on some new things. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah it feels I can't, good.
1: And I can't—I can, I was going to say I can't—I can't wait to see it because you got a fan—you got a fan for life with me, uh, with the music, and uh, with the talent uh, that you're doing. I—I uh, I, I was so amazed. I'm, I'm a, like I say following of your page i want people to do that um but Ari O'Neill, you've been finessing the game for so long i want people to uh, follow you and keep up with you if you can let the folks know how to follow you and uh so they can stay connected when this thing lifts and you can push out all the things that i know you said to do uh, but yeah thanks again for coming on but let our listeners know how they can keep up with you
3: yeah, yeah, for sure. Ari O'Neill on Instagram, Ari O'Neill on TikTok, Ari O'Neill on Twitter, Arielle O'Neill, my government on Facebook. <laughs> um, yeah, same thing everywhere. Ari O'Neill. But thank you guys for having me so much. And shout out Chris. I love Chris. He's solid. Yeah, a
0: solid
2: <laughs> yeah. Chris, he's a solid, solid, solid guy. We used to be in a jazz band together, so oh,
3: he's been please.
2: putting in, uh uh-huh, He's been putting in that time on that trombone since. Undergrad, you know, he always put in the extra effort. He was somebody that would be in those practice rooms when everybody else had went and went to go do whatever, kick and take a so, nap. You
3: can hear it. Yeah, and this it, shut, it paid you.
0: off.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a cool guy, too. So yeah, that's real true. cool. I'm glad, thankful that he told us about you so we could get put up on you. And, you know, like hey. Katie said, you got a fan for life because you called on that thing. You called. Mm-hmm. You, thank you, told, you. Thank you guys so much. No problem. Thank My. you so much for coming on the show. We appreciate you taking the time out to just give a dope interview and give us some of those jewels and insights to being a guitar player, a world-renowned guitarist
1: at that.
3: Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Y'all live. <laughs> <laughs> you dope
1: <laughs> We don't tell people to go away, uh, you know, and not to do anything. We say keep finessing the motherfucking game. Um so near. And uh, tag us when that track, uh, when you play it, uh, put that JB. we Put that Jane Brown thing on I that, got that time. You. I'm going to work on that today. I'm going to work on that today. I got
3: y'all. I don't right, gas
2: man. me up. Don't gas me up. <laughs> <laughs> don't gas me up.
1: Ari O'Neal, joining the podcast, man. Thank you so much, sis, man. Shout out to the Delphins out there, man. Ooh. That's what's up. Thank you, sis. Thank you, sis. What a good episode. Finesse Video Podcast. Each and every week, we talk to finessers, and Ari O'Neal is definitely a Vanessa that's doing that thing all the way from the DMV. And, uh-huh. uh,. Shout out to my brother, Chris Johnson, my crab brother. Shout out to Info, Marching Musical Machine of the Mid-South. Let's throw all them credits out there. The University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff. Musicians Absolutely. in the building. Divine Musicians. eyes in the building. Absolutely. Shout out to the SG Rose. Shout Absolutely. out
2: to me. Hey, don't forget, <laughs> shout out to University of Arkansas Pine Bluff Jazz Band.
1: Directed
2: hey. by Mr. Daryl Evans. You know, they're world-renowned as well, you know. Mm-hmm. Just the fact that there's so many professional musicians that are out there in the world doing big things, touring worldwide They came directly from up under Mr. Daryl Evans. That's a lot to say. So, you know, a lot of people don't know about our university um, for various reasons. I don't know. You know, I can say for myself, I didn't know about UAPB until I was getting ready to go there. But hopefully this platform that we have is bringing some recognition to some of these Excellent, you know, high caliber HBCUs that are really producing good individuals that are making major changes and making the way for a lot of people out here in the world. So, if you don't know about the University of Arkansas Pine Bluff, you know, I know a lot of times the other popular HBCUs, everyone knows about the Southern, the Gremlin, the TSU, the Jackson State, but definitely take a look at UAPB. Because they have some very, very good quality education. And as I said, it's a lot of us that are performing at the highest level of our field, and we church. are definitely finessing the game.
1: Church, 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 <laughs> church, 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 church. But no, that's real. That's real. Shout out to y'all, man. HBCU. Shout out to Ari O'Neill. Uh, another episode of Finesse Media, season two in the can. Uh, check us out. Check the rest of the episodes out if this is your first time checking us out. Follow us on all of our social media platforms. Uh, again, I'm your host, Ken Finesse Media. My co-host, Teresa Millionaire in the building. with yes, me, We're yes. out of the building because it's another episode yeah. wrap, man. Finesse in the motherfucking game. Y'all keep doing it out there. We'll see you next week with another episode with something brand new. Peace.
0: Thank you for listening mm. to another episode of Finesse Media Podcast. Make sure that you hit the follow or subscribe button to be notified when new episodes are released. Also, make sure that you are following us on all of our social media pages. Instagram, we are at Finesse Media. Twitter, check us out at underscore Finesse Media. And on Facebook, Finesse Media LLC. See you next week with something brand new.